Great. Hills, you were um, sharing this morning in our 10 a.m. gathering. Um, just fill us in, remind us, um, you've got five minutes and then you'll hear a buzzer if you go over. Um, but fill yeah. us in, what's, what's, what, what's, what were you speaking about this morning? What's, what's the message for us? So today we kicked off our new series on Philippians, uh, a letter from lockdown. And uh, in this season in particular where um, clearly lots of us are doing some reflecting and thinking under such a dramatic enforced change in our lives. There was a poll out on Thursday, uh, on Friday saying that uh, 9%, only 9% of us in this nation want life to return to exactly as it was beforehand. Clearly many of us are, are thinking about our routines, our rhythms, our priorities, our relationships, um, the different ingredients in our life and, and pressing reset on some of those. And, uh, and therefore we wanted in this season to take this letter that Paul has written from his own lockdown. He was in prison when he wrote this letter and invite God to speak to us uh, through it about uh, possible resets that either we need to make or that he's inviting us into a kind of moment to make uh, because we want to use this season uh, well to reflect um, you know, on our relationship with him and the kind of, some of the work that he, he's doing in us as well as on our, on our other elements of our lives. So that's where we began this morning uh, in Philippians chapter one. And uh, we took a rather big chunk. We took the whole chapter. Um, I spoke on verses 12 to 27. And really what stands out in, in chapter one is Paul's incredible confidence. He's obviously, his lockdown is way worse than ours. You know, he's stuck at home, can't go out, can't, he doesn't have his Zoom and his Netflix and everything else. Uh, and he doesn't know when it's gonna end. Uh, but what comes through in this letter is this phenomenal confidence that he has in the gospel, in the good news that the kingdom has come, the king is here, the king is advancing, Jesus the king is advancing his kingdom. And instead of talking about his circumstances, he, he's straight in there talking to the Philippians that he's confident that God is going to complete his work in the Philippians, uh, the church at Philippi, the Christians there. He's confident that God is using his imprisonment for his purposes. He's confident that God's going to continue to work in him. It's just confidence everywhere, confidence in the gospel of the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and I broke that down into three particular areas that stood out to me as, as I read this chapter. Firstly, that that's a confidence, his confidence is, is that God is working his purposes out, you know, continuing to work his purposes out and advance his kingdom, no matter what was going on in Paul's life, no matter what was going on outside uh, in the world around him. He, he's, he states that confidence that he sees the gospel spreading, that, that he sees God at work in, in the believers there and beyond. And, just really exploring whether our confidence in God's ability to work his purposes out in the midst of suffering, in the midst of difficulty, rather than, you know, uh, getting rid of it, whether we have that same confidence. And then I went on to look at uh, the sort of second manifestation of his confidence, which was com his confidence in the resurrection, the physical resurrection of Jesus and his own physical resurrection. And he's so confident in this life beyond now, that he, there's this extraordinary uh, moment in the sort of middle of the chapter where he says, I'm here and I don't know whether I'd rather stay alive or whether I'd die. Because he knows if he actually dies and doesn't leave jail, that he's gonna be with Jesus. He's gonna be in the physical presence of Jesus. 
He's going to be in heaven. He's going to be standing face to face, more alive than he's ever been with the God who loves him like no one has ever loved him before. And so he, he makes this incredible statement. I don't know whether, you know, I really want to live and carry on. He sees value in living in serving God and continuing to advance his kingdom or whether he wants to die. And then finally, I looked at his confidence that whether he lives, uh, if he still lives, he believes he's still got a part to play. And whether we too have that same confidence that we have a part to play, whether we have that confidence in the resurrection, whether we have that confidence in God working his purpose out, and whether we have that same confidence that we have a part to play in God's purposes at the moment, because our stories only make sense. The story of our nation, the story of our community, the story of our church only makes sense in God's big story, in the big story of God's kingdom and what he's doing right now. And so uh, do we have a confidence that, that we have a part to play? And I unpacked what that part might look like while we're in lockdown. So how's that? Is that five minutes? Yeah, I think you just, I think you just about nailed it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So good. I enjoyed it this morning. That was a good, uh, a good summary. Um, Holly, you, you gathered with a whole bunch of um, students gathered uh, this afternoon as they were reflecting on it. What, what was the noise from, um, from your, from your perspective? Yeah, we had a really special time uh, gathering together and um, we prayed as well. And we came, um, we actually spent a bulk of time on the, the last bit um, with the confidence in the fact that we have a part to play, that we have a purpose. And um, part of that, we were looking at the kingdom mindsets and actually what it looks like to live with that kingdom mindset and what it, what the kingdom is. Um, and part of that, uh, somebody mentioned, um, it was Cheryl, she mentioned that when she looks at, at that passage particularly um verse 24 where we must live as citizens of heaven conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news of christ it reminded her of when you go on a school trip when you're in school and um, they say now look you're you're our representatives um in your uniform your uniform means that you're representing the school um, and that that's the kind of the thing that we are representing god and that was something that really chimed through um our time together this morning um, to the point where we choose two truths for our week that we cling on to um, and the first one is is always about who God is and who he's saying he is and we 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 voted for he is in control he is sovereign and um that that truth of, of who, who he is um and then the second one of who we are is that we are his representatives we are his ambassadors we are um we carry that and we carry the power of the resurrection um, within us because God is good and he is within us. He, by his spirit, is with us. So that's kind of what we were talking around about how we clothe ourselves um, and root ourselves in truth. Um, so we had a great time sharing on that line. So thank you so much, Hills, for sharing this morning. Good. It's good. Um so, so all of us around the fire would 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 call ourselves those kind of the resurrection people, uh, and we're 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 in relationship with people around us who perhaps don't have a faith, don't have that same confidence. How are we? How are we finding? How, how are we finding ways to to be the resurrection people and and to to breathe confidence? Who wants to? Who's finding some helpful ways of connecting, being a witness? Tim, I'm going to go to you if someone doesn't shout out. Great, Ken. <laughs> um, 
two, two things. One, I think, um, well, it's more of a question, really. Uh, what's happened to Toby? He looks like he's shrunk. Oh, no, he's growing again. Excellent. Um, that was the first thing I had. I just needed he to ask. Forgot he's on camera. <laughs> Oh, he's got a bad ankle. Oh, yeah. Bad ankle. Um, I, yeah, the, uh, in answer to your question, David, um, not the best person to come to here because I don't know. I, I'm sat here thinking um, Paul's writing this letter from prison. Great. So, uh, to, But his audience are to a bunch of people that aren't in prison. Um, and, and yet for us, our, our homes are... Or our prison. So I find it really hard to look at this. It's great to hear that Paul was confident uh, and, and that's encouraging. And, and But I, I sit here and go, oh, actually, I don't, I, I, I'm finding it really hard to know how, how best to um, enact that out. Because in a normal world, I'd know what to do. Yeah. In a way, you know, because I can contact people, I, I can see people, it's, you know, a shopkeeper that you see every day on the way to work, but, but they're not there anymore. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't have any answers. Sorry. James, you were going to come in. You are muted at the moment. Um, it was just something that Hills pointed us to um, this morning about praying. Um, praying first and asking and asking God. And it's hard when we're, like you said, um, Tim, we're stuck in our, in our rooms. We're stuck in our homes. Uh, we're imprisoned. Um, but actually, um, there's that we can, we can partner um, you know, it's God's story with us. Um, we can partner with God um, uh, in through prayer. So that that was the first thing that came up to my to my mind is there's something we can do, and that that's to pray. Yeah. So how how what does that look like for us then? Because it's going to look different, isn't it? Prayer in our lives, whether we whether we're at home on our own, uh, it's going to. I'm I'm assuming prayer might look a lot different to uh in in your life josh uh only because i know that your family is you know all very different ages and and lots of stuff different stuff going on so prayers don't look the same for all of us so how how do we start if we go okay yeah great let's pray where do where do where do we start I, I, i've got more questions than answers <laughs> can we can we mute tim is that all right <laughs> <laughs> Hills, where do we start praying? How do, what, yeah. Do you mean in terms of a rhythm or in terms of what we're actually praying for? Let's just, let's just if Tim's got lots of questions, let's just clarify that one. Oh, both. What's, what does the rhythm look like? What, and what do we pray for? What, what are we to pray for? Well, one of the things that I said this morning was that, um, God wants us to pray for others. It's very easy for us to get stuck in praying for ourselves and our own needs and our own circumstances. And, and we're invited to come to him with our needs. He wants to hear about those, but actually um, he wants us to pray for others as well, because when we pray, you know, God is able to move more, um, more effectively because he's chosen to partner with us. And part of, part of our side of the bargain, as it were, is to pray for, for those open doors. So, how we go about doing that, I guess, depends on who we are, whether we're somebody who likes to walk around praying or whether we like to sit down praying, um, whether we're some, somebody that finds it easier to do that on our daily exercise when we're allowed out of the house or whether, you know, we like to be in a still quiet place on our own. Um, there's no magic formula about how to pray. We talk to God like we talk to 
a friend and we all talk to our friends in different ways. I think the key thing is that we are talking. Uh, it doesn't matter whether we're talking while we're, you know, helping doing the washing up or the chores that we're probably being roped into or have got more time to do or, you know, clearing out the cupboards as some people are doing in their lockdown. The key thing is that we're talking and that we're talking to God about what we want him to do in the lives and the, and the hearts and the minds of, of those that we love, of those that we don't know, but who live around us and in our nation. Yeah. Anna, any thoughts on prayer? Um, yeah, I, I was going to say there's, there's one thing that I've been praying about recently um, in terms of what we can be praying for, um, which is, well, God highlighted to me a while back that bit in Jeremiah where um, he's, he's under siege in Jerusalem from the Babylonians and God um, tells him to buy a field. And it seems so random because they're literally in famine, right? You wouldn't buy a field because it's going to produce no crops. Yet in that, in that space, that's what God's asking him to do because he knows that there will come a time again when actually that land will be fruitful. Um, and so one of the things that I've been praying at the moment is like, what, what can I be doing in this time yeah. to sow seeds, to buy my field, as it were, um, that actually in, when this is over, God will use for a good purpose. Um, and so that's a really practical prayer, actually, because that could look like, you know, if you're if you're if you stop working, what can you be doing in terms of training or education? If I don't know, you, you've got dreams. Um, what what are those dreams that God's speaking to you about? Um, but, you know, for our personal prayer, we can be praying, well, God, what what, what are you saying to me in this time? What I don't want to come out of it and have missed what you were saying to me. Um, so that could perhaps be a word relevant to someone. Right. Yeah, I, I love that uh, that Jeremiah buying a field. That there's something around resurrection of of that. There's a promise that things are gonna. There's hope in that, and and I think that's there's something of that that I gleaned this this morning, Hills, as as you were talking. There's there's confidence in the gospel that we have good news. There's confidence in actually resurrection power, and that's that's gonna fuel our prayer. If we know there's a resurrected God that we're praying to, that that transforms how we pray, and we're gonna pray just in a in a minute. No, James, I see that hand, but we're not going there. Um, <laughs> but and and then also confident that the praying thing, as Anna's just shared, that gives us some, we get some insight into what what now looks like, not just what we pray, but what what to walk out because of prayer as we pray and as we bring stuff to God, we get some clarity on. Okay, this is how we fit into God's purposes in this time that uh, that we can be be confident of. Can I say something else? Yeah. And I think. I think for me, the really exciting thing was that here is Paul in lockdown. And Paul was clearly praying the kind of prayer amongst his other prayers, like Anna was praying, Lord, what can I do while I'm in lockdown? How can I partner with your purposes? Mm. God says to him, just encourage some people. Get a paper and a pen and start writing. He didn't plan to write a book that was going to be this phenomenal piece of literature read by millions of people. He just wanted to partner with God with what he had, where he was. And here we are reading it, talking about it, being encouraged by it 2,000 years later. We've got phones, we can message people, we can send Bible verses, we can ask God for prophetic words for people. There's so much we can do even within the confines of our house if we just ask him to inspire us with creative ideas in seeking to bless others from where we are. Yeah. Oh, Tim, is, is this another question? Because we haven't got time for it. No, it's not a question. I'm just, uh, just at the back of that hills. I think um, there's a danger, isn't there? I think in this, uh, in a world that celebrates 
um, incredible feats. Um, that we that we don't do things because it doesn't look incredible. Yeah, absolutely. The sense of being, you know, obedient or, or just having a go. Um, yeah. And, you know, even if it doesn't make sense to encourage your neighbour, you don't know the impact that it's going to have. Um, in the same way that Captain Tom this week, uh, you know, decides to walk up and down his garden only wanting to raise a thousand pounds but in the end raises plus 23 million you know and, and it's he didn't know that on monday that last week that that's what's going to happen uh but he just had to go it was one one step in front of the other yeah um, absolutely yeah well kid um <laughs> Apparently we're getting some fun comments on the text about my hair. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate what's that. Pardon? What's wrong with your hair? What have you done to it? No, I mean, I just, I mean I've been cutting my hair for ages. I cut my own hair. So I'm not I'm not freaking out by this lockdown stuff. You see Andrew this morning looking like a thug with his shaved head. <laughs> you were wondering if you'd stolen Andrew's hair and stuck it on your head. I, yeah, basically, that's what I did. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> great well we are gonna pray you uh you're watching um this is another moment we hope that you're not just watching we hope you're worshiping with us and this is a, a moment now we've been worshiping a god who transforms situations i am sure you know some situations around you that need god's transforming resurrection power i would love us to to pray we're going to pray a little bit around the campfire but don't wait for us go for it um in your kitchen in your room wherever you're at uh, let's pray to a god who is powerful